Thanks for joining me on Jesus and Books. I'm Jason Comley. The book I'm going to be discussing today is A Meal with Jesus, Discovering Grace, Community, and Mission Around the Table by Tim Chester. The back cover copy sums it up nicely. The meals of Jesus represent something bigger. They represent a new world, a new kingdom, a new outlook. Tim Chester brings to light God's purposes in the seemingly ordinary act of sharing a meal. How this everyday experience is really an opportunity for grace, community, and mission. Chester challenges contemporary understandings of hospitality as he urges us to evaluate why and who we invite to our table. This book is only 143 pages, so it's not a thick book, but I found it very uh, uh, informationally dense and, and spiritually nutritious. And hopefully I can share some of that with you. There's one scripture that really came out to me from the book, and that is in chapter 14 of Luke. Now, it's interesting, he says in the book that uh, in Luke, Jesus is either going to a meal, at a meal, or coming back from a meal. That's pretty much all of Luke. Um, And uh, here's an example of that. So, in chapter 14, Jesus, he's basically giving advice. When thou art bidden of any man to a wedding, sit not down in the highest room. But instead, uh, sit down in the lowest room. For whosoever exalteth himself shall be abased, and he that humbleth himself shall be exalted. Anyway, so after he gives that advice, he gives this singer. He says that when thou makest a dinner or a supper, call not thy friends, nor thy brethren, neither thy kinsmen, nor thy rich neighbors lest they also bid thee again, and a recompense be made thee. But when thou makest a feast, call the poor, the maimed, the lame, and the blind, and thou shalt be blessed, for they cannot recompense thee, for thou shalt be recompensed at the resurrection of the just. So, next time you're thinking of you know, inviting uh, your uh, boss uh, over for dinner or a friend or something like that. Just keep that in mind, that uh, scripture in Luke. That's uh, Luke 14, verse 12 to 14. And that's something that I certainly need to improve on greatly. So references of food abound throughout the gospel. After Jesus is baptized by John the Baptist, he retreats off into the wilderness. He fasts for 40 days. Then he is tempted by the devil. The first temptation being to turn a stone into bread. And this is very interesting because Jesus had already concluded his fast. He had already successfully completed his fast. Then the devil comes around And his first temptation to Jesus is to turn a stone into bread. 
Jesus turns him away and defeats the devil. So then Jesus returns back to civilization, and he is a party machine, basically. He is eating and drinking a lot. I don't, I don't know about you, but after I've completed a 24-hour fast, uh, Latter-day Saints, we do a 24-hour fast on the first Sunday of every month. And the money that we save from purchasing food and uh, going without, that money gets donated to fast offerings, and we're actually encouraged to donate a lot more than that. But after the fast is over, I find that I am kind of eating and nibbling away for the rest of the day. I just can't seem to... this. It just seems like food is, is just all the more pleasurable. And so you can only imagine after 40 days of fasting, Jesus is eating and drinking, he's partying, he's enjoying food. So that's just that just shows me that Jesus, you know, really, um, that fast was was probably very difficult for him. And so the Pharisees are saying, "Look at him." They're saying this about Jesus. "Look at him, a glutton and a drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and sinners." Chester says that in all cultures, meals represent boundary markers especially in Jesus' time. A major point that Chester makes in his book is that we eat with people we like and who are like us, and that people generally prefer to eat with persons of their own social class. Uh, he goes on to say that you know, sharing of food is a delicate barometer of social relations. So when Jesus was eating with sinners that was an expression of identification with those sinners and that's why Jesus's habit of eating with tax collectors and sinners quote-unquote sinners that's what the Pharisees uh, called them was so scandalous Jesus was saying these are my sort of people Jesus is also showing that the humble and the lowly and the poor will be exalted, that it will be them that Jesus feasts with, not the self-righteous and the judgmental. In Luke 1, to 53 Mary sings, He has brought down the mighty from their thrones and exalted those of humble estate. He has filled the hungry with good things and the rich he is sent away empty. Recall the scripture I read near the beginning of the episode. That was Luke 14. Jesus gives a, a parable. So I'm going to start at verse 8. And I'm going to use the Amplified Bible version because it's a little easier to read. So starting at verse 8, chapter 14, Luke. When you are invited, and this is Jesus speaking... When you are invited by anyone to a marriage feast, do not recline on the chief seat in the place of honor, lest a more distinguished person than you has been invited by him. And he who invited both of you 
will come to you and say, Let this man have the place you have taken. Then, with humiliation and a guilty sense of impropriety, you will begin to take the lowest place. But when you are invited, go and recline in the lowest place, so that when your host comes in, he may say to you, Friend, go up higher. Then you will be honored in the presence of all those who sit at the table with you. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself, keeps a modest opinion of himself, and behaves accordingly, will be exalted. There's one more passage I want to read from A Meal with Jesus. They gave him a piece of broiled fish, and he took it and ate before them. That's Luke 24:42-43. Tim Chester goes on to write, The risen Christ eats. The Son of Man came eating and drinking, and still the Son of Man eats. The physicality of Jesus is not cancelled by the resurrection. His humanity doesn't morph into some ethereal existence. He can eat, and he does so publicly. He ate before them. He wants to be seen eating so that we will realize that resurrection is not the negation of creation, but its renewal and fulfillment. The resurrection of Jesus is the promise and beginning of the renewal of all things, and the future is a physical future on a renewed earth. We will enjoy not just food, but cooking and fermenting and brewing. One more thing I'll mention, and Tim mentions it in, in his book, and that is that exploitation can be found amidst migrant workers, and that the food we purchase he says, enables us to bless others or curse them. I recently read a book called Working in the Shadows, A Year of Doing the Jobs Most Americans Won't Do. In the book, an independent journalist, his name is Gabriel Thompson, spends a year working alongside Latino immigrants where he picked up a lettuce and worked at a chicken slaughterhouse in rural Alabama and talked about the working conditions there uh, and it's just uh, absolutely shocking. Thompson in his book writes that the average farm worker is an undocumented Mexican immigrant who earns about 11000 a year, 80% don't have health insurance, and because of the brutal nature of the work with their exposure to pesticides, their life expectancy is 49 years. As for the chickens, Thompson describes tens of thousands of birds that are stuffed into cramped sheds, reeking of ammonia. These chickens' legs are broken because they can't support their enormous breasts. Of course, these chickens are pumped up with uh, all kinds of... Uh, growth-enhancing drugs. And then he talks about the slaughtering conditions and how many of these chickens uh, end up being boiled alive. So there is a tremendous amount of suffering that happens beyond our view. Certainly one thing I've changed since reading these books, and I read them both at around the same time, is that now I include those who have harvested and labored over the ingredients of my meal, 
I include them in my blessing of the food and ask for a, a blessing on them as well. Of course, we are to thank God for the food that we have. As Chester says in his book, eating is an expression of our dependence. God made us in such a way that we need to eat. We're embedded in creation, and that means that every time that we eat, we're reminded of our dependence on others and on God. So thanks for joining me on this episode of Jesus in Books. I highly recommend A Meal with Jesus, and I also recommend Working in the Shadows. Thanks for joining me on Jesus in Books. God bless. Mm-hmm.